Is it purpose or focus? That drive that pushes. Photographer, made it happen. Fashion design, made it happen. Arthur, made it happen. Artist, made it happen. I'm here to tell you, it takes focus and drive to push yourself to achieve your special place in life. You made it happen. I'm Linda Johnson, your host, and welcome to They Made It Happen. Time now for my truth. The strong black woman. The strong black woman schema as defined by scholars is an archetype of how the ideal black woman should act. How should we act, you guys? How should the the ideal black woman carry herself in public or carry herself in private or carry herself when she thinks no one is looking. Well, this has been characterized by three major components, emotional restraint, independence, and caretaking. Strong black women must hold back their emotions to avoid appearing weak portray themselves as strong and independent while being responsible for the problems of others and take care of those problems as if they were their own. Stemming from stereotypes of enslaved Black women, the schema grew from the intersectional oppression Black women face from society's expectations. The notion that as women, they must be uphold feminine standards, but as Black women, they must balance that with the responsibility of being emotionally and physically strong. This is also known as intersectionality. Some examples of idealized strong Black women in today's society include people like Michelle Obama, Oprah, and okay, Beyonce. These women attributes are placed on a pedestal as if the standard for how strong black women should be achieve you know carry themselves strong black women can achieve great success in our society yes yes that's true while these women have overcome the odds of those set by black women centuries ago from slavery to the suffrage movement They are the exception. They really are the exception and not the rule in most cases. Black women are not all offered the same opportunities, but are still held to the same standard of being almost indestructible. That is why the strong black woman is considered a schema because schemas are malleable and therefore are ever-changing as society's expectations of womanhood and strength evolve. I really don't know if I want to be characterized as the strong black woman because I have inadequacies. I'm human. And that doesn't mean I'm not strong because I don't display these characteristics at all times. Nor does it mean that I'm ignorant because some black women are seen or maybe called, and I'm just going to say it, referred to as bitches or the angry black woman. Strength does not equal angry, nor does it equal the angry black woman. And that's something to think about. 
And that's my truth. It's time for my favorite part of the show, Pathway. My guest on this week's episode of They Made It Happen with Linda is the phenomenal Latiqua Williams. She refers to herself as a serial entrepreneur. And under that entrepreneurial umbrella is the fact that she is a transformational coach, motivational speaker, resilience coach, life coach, wellness coach, all of the above to empower, to uplift, and to help women get it together with whatever they want to do in life and who they want to become. Give a listen. And today I have a serial entrepreneur on my show. I'm super excited about this because this young woman is really fundamental in helping women get it together, you know, teaching them leadership skills to uh, embark upon new venues or new directions in life, uh, whatever they want to do. She's this person that's really going to like help them map out a roadmap to success. And so I would like to introduce to some and, well, you know what? Say hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you for, for having me on your podcast today. It's an honor to be in the presence of you and be able to share my information with you in the world, Ms. Johnson. I am so excited. Thank you so much. You guys, I've been trying to get her for a couple of months and I had to get up the nerve to ask her because I thought she was going to be too busy doing what she does so wonderfully that, you know, not that she didn't want to take the time, but you know how people are just really busy doing what they do in their world and in their life. And so, but I did, I reached out to her and she was so wonderful. She was so sweet. And she said, yes, I will do it. And so she's here today, y'all. I'm so excited. So Latiqua, am I pronouncing your name right? Latiqua, yes, ma'am. Okay, wonderful. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started being a serial entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have multiple businesses and I like to call myself the transformational coach. And when I say transformational, I have different components where I have 22 years in the beauty industry. Um, I am a motivational speaker. And I also wanted to focus on a holistic approach of health, healing, and looking at it in more of a holistic approach and adding a business component to it. And I'm also a single parent advocate because I have three boys, 28, 24, and 17. Wow. That's a big journey. It's a lot. I know probably I said a lot in one little breath. Um, I'm learning now that with women, we had to learn, we needed to learn how to cultivate environments to feel comfortable, feel vulnerable, to say that social media in the world that we live in now makes everything look so picture perfect and anyone has to have it together. Um, I'm a big person who's lived by faith, so I don't always have it together. <laughs> and it took me, it took a lot of healing. Um, healing is a daily process, you know, so it took me to start my business from the bottom where I had no funding. Um, I didn't have $500 to buy my son. Um, my youngest son suffers from a lot of health issues, asthma and epilepsy. So one day I didn't have $500. He missed school. Um, I'm trying to get figure out if I can go to work or what do I do? Pay the rent, pay the bills, pay the car payment, you know, the regular mundane stuff. So I went to the doctors and he's like, well, why haven't you been, been here? And I just broke down and cried. And I'm like, I didn't even have gas money to get to the doctor's appointment. 
And I said, so I couldn't afford the medicine. And that day was a turning point in my life because he looked at me and said, there's people to help you, you know? So he made the phone call. He called the pharmacy. He put his personal credit card on file. And for two years straight, he paid for my son's seizure medicine out of pocket. So that day, that's when I really realized that there was hope and that we should not prejudge people, you know? So at that point in time, it changed my mindset. And basically as being a black woman, I had to change the narrative to really realize that everyone's not out there to harm us and that the services are there, but we have to make sure that as we look for help, we have to also look for an exit date to come off the services. That's, so that's amazing. How, that's how I became an entrepreneur. Uh, entry and exit. I love that. I mean, you, oh my God, I don't even know where to go to begin to ask you the next question, but you know what? Someone, I'm just like blown away because you said you went to the doctor and he goes, why haven't you been here? And you tell him, because I can't afford to go to the doctor. And he reached in his pocket with his credit card, y'all. So that is true because, you know, a lot of times we don't know where to look or where to go. And sometimes our pride or maybe not, it's not even pride so much. We just really don't know who to go to or where to go to. And I like the fact that that's how that spark was lit. And so yeah. now you're this fireball of doing all of these different things, going all of these different wonderful directions, empowering women. So is your focus mainly on women to try, try to empower them, uplift them and redirect them? Absolutely. So my main focus is women and a few lucky men are accepted into my program because they have to apply. And I really wanted to hone on to women because women, we have so many capes, like far as us as a culture, we're so... Um, we love that cape. I'm strong. We love that cape. I always have it together. We love that cape. No, I'm too busy. So when it came to the point of me creating this business, I didn't have the business funding. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the credit. I was on Section 8. Every, every public assistant program you can think of, I was on there. And it was to the point where I really realized I was more afraid to be truthful to say, I don't want to stay on this. What is the best way? to get to the next step. Nobody really wanted to talk about that. So when that doctor paid that $500, he became like a mentor outlet because I felt like there was life again. And he would always say, this is not your destination. You have to fight. So then I began asking questions. You know, I had the tools and the skills, but I began to fall into the victim mentality. Mm. And I have that victim mentality to victorious mentality. So the same way where, the doctors was asking me why I wasn't showing up. That was the same way when I would go to church. They would say, well, she hasn't been here, X, Y, and Z. And it was more churcher. So one day I said, well, why don't you start worrying about why I haven't been here and ask me, how can you serve me? Right? So, so that is where my, set, my mindset came from. I wanted to help women because there's programs, you know, there's things for men. But if we become to the point that we can be the safe haven, we can heal, we can say, today I'm not strong. Today, I don't feel beautiful, Linda. Today, I feel bloated. Today, I don't feel gorgeous today. Can I just lean on your shoulder virtually and cry to you? And then after I cry for five minutes, let's go, girlfriend. What are we doing? You know? <laughs> so that's why I wanted to really empower women to just be that transformational coach for themselves and then pour from their cup that is full. I love it. And being a transformational coach, that's a part of what you do. How does one 
go from where you were to a transformational coach? Because I know before we started taping, you said something about you haven't always felt, you know, that self-esteem that you needed to have. You haven't always felt strong. And so how did that come? How did you turn that around within yourself? Within myself, I had to dig, I had to look in the mirror. I had to begin to love me first. I had to love, I had to love the eight-year-old self that was wounded. I had the I had to love the teenage girl that was wounded. And I also had to love the single mom person, how I became a single mom. And when I began to backtrack with a notepad from the Dollar Tree with a dollar notepad and a pen, two dollars <laughs> to say, okay, we're gonna write. We're gonna put your favorite song on. We're gonna give you a gospel song to dance to. By the time that gospel song is done, you're gonna take five minutes to write. After that gospel song is over, you're gonna find your hip hop song. I don't care if it's Earth, Wind & Fire or Young Jeezy, whomever it may be, <laughs> God's still gonna love you. So I found, I found ways to dig in what was holding me back, right? And digging in the misconception of my mindset. And when I had it all on paper, I was like, okay, how can I now go and give a purpose to women if I can't focus on my pain points. Because when I come to you, I don't want to talk about me. I'm here to serve you. But before I do that, I didn't want to be an imposter to show up and say I'm a transformational coach. And I was suppressing all this trauma that was inside of me. So once I dug my pain and got through that and then made myself vulnerable to say, hey, I'm just like you, girlfriend. I don't feel pretty today. I'm just like you. I was struggling. I'm just like you. My credit score was 450. You know, so here's the steps. And that's how I begin to dig deep and heal that eight-year-old self and say, hey, you know what? You're amazing right now. I'm coming to rescue you. It's okay. You're going to be excited. Hey, teenage girl, you didn't know what to do because you was looking love for other wrong places. Hey, young 20-year-old me, you will be proud of where we are now. Let's go forward. So that's how I began to focus on my mindset. That is powerful because a lot of women can really walk in your shoes to a certain extent in terms of being traumatized as a young child, you know, that eight-year-old self that you spoke about. I've spoken to so many women over the years that can attest to those kinds of things. I This happened to me when I was eight, nine, 10 years old, or up until I was 15, as far back as I can remember. And they, you know, you have to begin to I guess, forgive yourself, embrace yourself and love yourself because you were worthy. And that's a part of what you do. And I love what you said, because you had to go back and heal before you could help to heal. And and I believe that I can see it in your eyes. That's amazing to me because we can all look back at some point in time and say, you know, I've been through this. Now, what, what is the fine line? And I'm going to ask you something a little different. Because women, oftentimes, when they get that strength, they get that courage, that newfound courage, um, they are labeled, uh, forgive me for saying it like this, the bitch, or, you know, or she's the strong black woman, you know, you can do anything. I know you got this no matter what you've been through. That's just your culture. That's your nature. And and that's a myth. And that's not true. Because when you um, when you begin to love yourself and embrace yourself, and then you have self-esteem where before you didn't have self-esteem. Why is it you think that we're labeled these kinds of labels when we become empowered and self-assured? And I'm not talking about these women that are just negative. You know what I mean? I'm not, there's a different category, but I'm talking about women that have found themselves. You know, what can we do to dispel that myth? We have to learn what, what is strong. So if you're in a, a room rather with 
African-American woman, you're in a room with other races, Caucasian, Hispanic. When you come to me, you're not allowed to say to me that, what do you see from me? You can't use the word strong. I don't want you to describe me as a strong black woman because what does that narrative mean? Because I can be strong right now, but deep inside my mental could be, excuse me, my friend, shocked to shit. Right. 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 So we have to begin to look at the narrative to say, what describes us as strong? I can go pick up a brick and be strong, but my mental, my spiritual could be weak. So it comes to the point of being okay to say, yes, I have this confidence, but there's days that I have to tell myself every day, get up, be empowered. My empowerment is my red lipstick. I can be bold. I can be red because that goes back to the blood of Jesus Christ. I use narrative. I use myth. Things are those things that push me, right? You have to begin to understand that having your own intimate relationship with God. I talk to God if he's my homie. Hey, God, give me through this day. I don't know how I'm doing this. You know, I want to show up. I want to be all of me. When I knew I was doing this podcast, I went running because that's how I get clarity. I don't want to show up fluff. I don't want to show up like I always have it together because two days ago I was crying my eyeballs out like, well, we're in a recession. My business is slow. What do we do? And people want to, we happen to have a relatable way to relate to you. So I think how we fix that is to say when someone comes and says, you're strong, you have it together. Thank you for giving me that. But you know, I'm human just like you. And I have my weak moments. I have my insecure moments, but I push through and I find something that makes me feel empowered, which is my red lipstick because I put it and I relate it to God's blood. That's all I can say about that part. I, I just love that. The red part, the red lipstick and the blood of Jesus, the power that you get from that. You're just, you know, you, you know, um, one of the people that uh, that I've talked to prior to coming on to the show is a very dear friend of mine. And uh, she kind of encouraged me to start this podcast uh, a couple of years ago and I finally did it. And she wanted me to ask that question about the strong black woman and that myth, because she says a lot of times when we're out here and we're trying to be entrepreneurs or we are entrepreneurs, sometimes we get that backlash from even our family members or close friends about, oh, you know, you, you think you're all that or you can get through this. If you have a down day, like you said, you have a moment and you're feeling down about yourself or you're worried about bills or things not happening the way you have planned them to happen, then you get looked at, well, you know, what happened to that strong black woman that you were? And so I like that you said, I don't like to use that term, strong black woman. And I hate it too. You know, I really hate that. I hate that because I was in a meeting, I was at a conference actually last month in June. And we did a training and everything, and I'm there doing my thing. We go for have dinner. So we get to talking, and one of the ladies said, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. I said, thank you. She said, how would you get the, your hair like that? I said, to be honest, oh, by accident, I overprocessed my hair. It all fell out because I was trying to go on the journey for locks. Because, like I said before we reported, reported I didn't love myself. I felt um, because of the abuse I went through as a young girl and the trauma that I went through being the fatherless daughter, failed marriage, teen, you know, it was a generational cycle of trauma. That was, to me, I felt like it was passed down. So I would always say I was the generation of curse breaker, not knowing what I was saying. You got to be ready for that because you go through so many different layers. So long story short, they're like, okay, we're going to go on the table and everyone explain what they see in each person. They get to me and the guy said, oh, I see a strong black woman. And I said, well, that's all you're saying to me? And he's like, well, yeah. And I said, but you saw five other women. You didn't use that word strong black or strong Spanish woman, strong Chinese woman. You only said strong black woman. Why is that? And he said, oh, I said, because you're programmed to say that. 
but there's more to me. So he said, he pondered and he said, well, you're resilient. You're this. I said, okay, you can use those words, but don't call me a strong black woman. I said, because I'm not strong. I said, I'm weak at times. I want to give up at times. I said, but I have to keep going. And I buy the red lipstick to push forward. I love that. The resilience instead of strong. Cause you know, I, I've kind of gone back and forth with that. You know, years ago I was like, I thought it was a, a compliment when someone would say to you, you're a strong black woman. Okay. Then I took offense to it years later. Cause I'm like, just like you said, I'm not a strong black woman. I have faults. I, I get tired. I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't have a cape. As you said earlier, I don't have a cape, you know, where I am really invincible and I can do all things, but fail. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. And, you know, I'm not this invincible person. So I like where you're going with this and, and with, in terms of your being a motivational speaker and a transformational coach. So tell me a little bit more about the motivational speaker part of who you are. The motivational speaker part of me, um, that came about because I was always wanting to always empower women, fix their hair, change their clothes. So my family would say I would go to a birthday party. They find me in the bathroom trying to fix someone's hair. <laughs> so to me, it's, it's always been in me. But I think when I began writing my book, it's, it's a five-year project from pity to powerful. I refuse to lose. So the motivational part came from asking different people, different women I was coaching and training, why haven't you reached to your destiny? And it was either family, fear, finances or whatever, and not being able to be strong. So I'm like, you know what, God, I want to be able to be that little bit of Sarah Jakes, but also a little bit of, you know, Luther Vandross, so, you know, culture, you know, and I got tired of going to the church people and not really seeing what it was about of having real life. So I said, God, if you're going to use me, just use me with a little bit of flavor. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, okay, you know what? I love that. <laughs> just, we're just showing up and trying to change the world one one person at a time. And that's pretty much it, how the motivational part came through. So how long have you been a motivational speaker? A motivational speaker since 2009. Okay. Wow. That's quite a bit of time. <laughs> And um, if you could look back, because uh, since 2009, did you start all of your entrepreneurs during that time as, as you were a serial entrepreneur? When was the first time you started this or A or B or C? I started my first aspect of entrepreneur in my apartment in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was seeing a lot of, the, I have three sons. So my oldest son played football and a lot of kids will always come to my house and I'm like why is my house full of football players basketball players but I had this rule of raising my sons that we were not going to make them feel as if they had to fight in the house and then go outside in the world and fight against the world so we had a shoebox and that shoebox was, was labeled hell no they can put how they felt even if they felt like I wasn't being 100% a mom of nurturing them if the teacher racked their nerve whatever so I find now that half of the high school is coming to put notes into the hell now box. So I've created a mentor program for the youth where my home will be a safe place where they can talk about if their parents frustrated them, their teachers frustrated them, if somebody at church or then it became, it was my, my apartment was overloaded with all these kids and parents are calling like, what's going on over there? <laughs> you know? So from that point on, so a mentoring program, I started out of my apartment and then that went on to me doing, um, life coaching, transformational coaching, and wellness coaching where making women look and feel worthy 
that they, they are worthy of reaching wealth. Now because tell are, me, yeah, okay, sorry for interrupting you, but tell me a little bit more about the wellness aspect of what you do. The wellness aspect was actually teaching women how to love them, exercising, eating healthy, because in our culture, they we think 40 years old is 40 year old is you're done. Your life's over at 40, 60, you're supposed to carry a cane. And I'm like, no, honey. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Okay. So it was just learning to focus on foods that was great for you, getting out inside, the, getting out in the earth, looking for the sun, for vitamin C, drinking water, you know, meditating, taking your time of being still. You know, even if you didn't have time to go to church, you can get up and say your simple prayer to God and you can give him seven minutes a day. OK, in those seven minutes, you can give him seven things you're thankful for. Put the phone on timer and you're done. When you go to bed at night, do your seven minutes of stretching. Seven minutes of gratitude. So it's pretty good. Focusing on the wealth from the inside, not feeling like you have to be this one particular person, like what the world says you're supposed to be. So that wealth aspect changed that way. And then learning how to make green smoothies, exercise and jump rope, just take them from what I saw from the kids sports and making it for the adults, because I noticed the parents were there. They were out of shape. They was tired. They was complaining. So I'm like, hey, you guys want to walk? You know, so we'll walk the track while the kids are playing. Then I'll bring five or six smoothies. You know, that I made and then it just turned into a little business. So that's how I ended up getting into the health and wellness component. I just started, started to pay attention to what was around me and trying to help cultivate a better environment for parents that I was around that I saw every single day. I love that. What is your website? LatiquaWilliams.com. L-A-T-I-Q-U-A. Williams.com. Okay. Things on the website when it comes to health, wellness, education, beauty, aesthetics, all that is there. And then we have a podcast that will be launching, Honey, It's Beyond Hair, August 18th. Oh, amazing. Wow. So you have a new podcast that you're launching as well. Yes. That's amazing. Now say that again, the podcast. The podcast is called Honey, It's Beyond Hair by Latifah Williams. Okay. Got that, you guys. You got to go check her out. This lady is dynamite for real. She is the one to watch. If you haven't known anything about her now, you do. She has a plethora of knowledge. She's here for you. And as you have heard her say, this is like a personal journey that she has experienced in her life that brought her to the place where she is. And so experience goes a long way. When you've experienced trauma, when you have experienced pain, when you have experienced not having funds and money, then once you have those things, once those things have turned around and they're now positive in your life, then you can actually share that information. You can actually speak about that and help other people. And that's exactly what she is doing. So to people that aspire right now, like I want to be like Latiqua, I want to be a wellness coach. I have aspirations to be a motivational speaker. How would you speak to that? I would say for one, never say you want to be like anyone because I don't think you want to deal with their trauma and their shoes and buckle up. I would say everyone can relate to a Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman had a journey to free us from being enslaved. So you focus on what you can free someone from. So if you want to be a motivational coach, you take a pen and a paper and you write down all the things that you have gone through that you felt as if you became um, a master at. Right. If you decided you wanted to do hair and you're, everyone's asking you about hair, write all those things down that make you feel good and start there. 
If you failed in business, that's fine because guess what? You have a fail-proof system how to teach someone not to fail. So look at your losses and turn them into wins and never look as if you don't have it. And just walk by faith. I love that walk by faith. And that was almost magical what you just said. Uh, Use what you've been through. (laughs) That's a perfect roadmap. That's a perfect benchmark, I think. And so, yeah, I'm going to do that too. That that was for me. That that resonated in my soul. I'm taking that and I'm running with it. (laughs) Okay. So I I really, really, really enjoy having you here today. Uh, You've made my day uh, just amazing with all the information you have shared. Um, Is there anything else you would like to tell my listeners before you leave in terms of you know, stay there. You, you, you got this. What would you say to them? You know, the one, just give them a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope. I would say love is the bridge. The love is the bridge between you and everything. So there's going to be days you're not going to have the money in the bank. Mm. There's going to be days you're not going to have the energy in your system. There's going to be days you're going to want to quit. But if you do not quit and you keep on pushing, you push as if you have a half a cup of juice you push if you have a negative, um, your bank account says negative 2,000, negative 500. There's ways to continue to go. Just do not quit. Do it broke, do it scared, but do not quit and think about what if you do succeed. Don't think about what if could happen. Think about what if I do succeed and be bold enough to ask God for something that scares you. Ask mm. him for more than what you even can think of and then just do that right there. That's pretty much what I can say. I love that. Ask God. Wow. Wow. That's really stretching it. I love it. Laquita Williams, thank you so much for coming on. They made it happen. You are amazing. And y'all, y'all need to check her out. I know y'all need some wellness in your life. So don't be playing with her. (laughs) Go ahead and check her out. I love it. Thank you so much again. And I wish you all the success. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. That's it for this week, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment about this episode or any episode, just send me an email to asklindaj at gmail.com. Remember, stay focused, be inspired, so that you too can join the ranks of They Made It Happen.